Welcome in, everybody. Episode six of the How You Say podcast. I'm Boyd, and back from his hiatus, my co-host AJ. AJ, how's it going tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing especially well since I won this week. <laughs> I, I have to say congratulations to Eric. Um, we'll get into it further, but that may be the highest losing score we've had in, a, in quite a while. Mm. Uh, yeah, my team's doing well. I'm back to like 80-90%, almost 100%. Like, Do you feel like those two are correlated? A little were bit. You, were you because, feeling a little under the weather after your week two disappointment and now starting to work your way back to to full health? Well, I was actually say the other way around, which is like, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, maybe I didn't pay as much attention to fantasy football as I should have. Like, this week, going at it, was paying full attention Picked up two tight ends, started the collect tight end. Mm-hmm. I will say I was a little annoyed at myself because I had a choice of three tight ends. And I chose incorrectly on one of them. You do love tight ends. That's what we know about you. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we just get right into the matchups? Let's start with your matchup. Uh, you won 177 to 159. Another big score by you. Big score by Eric. Of note, as you referenced, uh, Eric had the bad beat. I brought this up at the draft. Maybe one of the uh, loose change pots is if anybody ever gets the second highest score and they face the highest score, uh, then they should win the pot. And uh, I was shot down roundly, but uh, Eric would have cashed. You should have voted for it. Yep. Um, I will say, though, one, it was very close. And it wasn't until late into, like, the matchup finished by the end of the afternoon games. There wasn't anyone coming on uh, Sunday night or Monday. Mm-hmm. And it was very close. Right up, right up until the end. Because he had, well, Teddy Bridgewater was out, but he had, who was it? Or Debo just running amok and Chris Carson mm-hmm. in the San Francisco, San Francisco Seahawks game. If they'd scored a touchdown each, maybe it, maybe things would have changed. San Francisco hyphen Seahawks, not the sure. San Francisco Seahawks game. I'm sorry. I didn't know. For our German listeners, I just want to make sure that they're clear that you are aware that those are two different teams. Just, yeah, you know. I, I'm sorry, I didn't like to say the high school. Oh, okay. Uh, I got to give you uh, some credit, my friend. Uh, every single person in your starting lineup, except in every defense, double digits. It's hard to do. Thank you. It was, like, I will say I picked up one of your favorite tight ends, Gaseki. Yeah. And he came through for me. I owned Gaseki for about 48 hours last week. Nice. Should have owned him for longer. Yep. Um, I will say, like, Eric, I don't know how much you can trust the Bill D to come through with 28 points every week. That was, like, oh, if I'd lost to Eric's team on the back of, like, a 28-point performance from Bill D and a 36-point yeah. performance from Debo Samuel, then, well, you got you got double digits out of your kicker, though. I mean, that has only happened eight times amongst all of <laughs> the kicker landscape. Five times in the starting lineup. I'm just going to skip right to the kicker flex update here. Yeah, Kick, kicking uh, the defense was a fact uh, was not a factor, and kicking was not a factor in this matchup. Mm. If you're keeping track, boy. Apparently not, no. Moving on to... Moving on. Let's move on to uh, the two teams that were in search of their first win of the season, myself and Barrett. Uh, And we'll just uh, start off with the host. Let's go to my matchup. 
I prevailed. I got my first win of the year, 139 to 105 over Corey. Uh, thanks mostly to Tyreek Hill's 44 points. It was a huge performance. I uh, couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, it was an interesting, like, were you feeling excited? Because at times you were projected to get, like, a 165, 170 during the morning when Tyreek uh, was going off. And yeah, I think... oh, of course. I always think I'm going to get 165, 170. Then <laughs> it rarely happens, but, you know, doesn't keep me from hoping. Will Trevor Lawrence be in your lineup this week? Oh, I, you know, that's, uh, that's a good question. We'll have to wait for the week five previews to find out. Yeah, Lefton, um, that was potentially your only in-collect lineup choice. Uh-huh. Well, uh, uh, on... You know, once again, I, I apparently should have started A.J. Dillon over Aaron Jones. I'll just, I'll be battling that one all year. Uh, on Corley's side, I don't think he could have done any, he, he couldn't have won. I believe. Uh, no. Uh, if he had a left Mac Jones in the OP, that would have given him 14 more points, um, but not nearly enough. DJ Moore, big performance. Uh, but those two, I believe, were playing at the same time uh, in the morning, DJ yeah. and Tyreek. And yeah. they were just trading touchdowns back and forth in that fourth quarter, uh, which was agonizing and thrilling at the same time. All right, uh, let's move on to Barrett's matchup. She was also in search of her first win of the year up against the heavily favored 3-0 and Badger squad. Uh, actually, she was not favored. Barrett was favored. But uh, harken back to last week, an upset in spirit. Uh, Barrett prevails 126-106. to uh-huh. Despite DJ Chark breaking his ankle in the first quarter of the first game of the week. Yeah. It will be it'll be interesting to see how Barrett recovers from that. She is she's got some names at wide receiver, mainly Juju, mm-hmm. but nothing, no real depth there. And if she was to move Godwin into wide receiver two, maybe Jamal Williams, maybe Kenneth Gainwell is the real sure. deal. But uh, but uh, I, I want to mention my favorite stat of the week. We'll get to Pete's stat of the week here in a little bit. My favorite stat of the week, Davis Mills, you know, despite being on Barrett's bench, negative 9.72, uh, which is the bizarro performance of last week in which he got positive 9.72. Apparently, that's all he's going to do this, <laughs> this year. 9.72, positive or negative, just back and forth. Or maybe he'll get negative 4.28. Uh, it'll completely mirror the first two weeks of the season. I, um, I'm one, excited to see what happens. One other thing of note: uh, Badger has four st- four starting quarterbacks. Yeah, right? she's one of the few teams, if not the only team, that has four actual starting quarterbacks versus like four quarterbacks. But the other thing of note is also all four of those quarterbacks. I don't know whether you trust him week in, week out. Well, like, Kirk Cousins has been known to put up a negative from time to time. Uh-huh. Ben Roethlisberger, maybe not as good as his 40 burgers from, like, years gone by. Mm. Wentz yeah. is also known... 40 points on the season, so... Hard to say. 40 points on the season? Yeah, he's got 40 total. <laughs> through four games. Uh Wentz is known to throw a few negative points up there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how she rolls. Yeah. All right. Next up, let's go to Christina versus Laura. And Laura gets her second win of the season, 102 to 85. Uh, Christina had nearly a team-wide failure in this one. Um, Her quarterbacks ended up getting 20 points apiece. But a lot of single digits in that starting lineup, including your favorite, Miles Gaskin. Uh, what's going on there? I don't know. Like, it's basically Christina's three keepers came through for her, and then no one else. Mm-hmm. Like, you could say Woodley, maybe, but yeah. Whereas on Laura's side, her quarterbacks were, again, 
Avalanche. There weren't any crazy things there. Uh, Chase Edmonds came through and just eked out ahead. Was this is also an interesting one because I believe Roar has the second lowest score on the week. Uh, statisticians say that that is correct. And she beat the lowest score. Yep. So that would we be to get the win butt against clencher the or the nail biter. I think that's I think you call that the the butt clencher. No, that's the smallest margin of victory. We don't have one where it's like. You should. We're not going to give you even more money. We never had well, this. Where it was we like, used to have a weekly prize that was lowest winning score of the week. Yes, I don't remember the name. Maybe our uh, illustrious fan base can uh, tweet us uh, at howyousaypodcast.com. Uh, uh, this is what I love about Laura's team. Don't worry about that. Um, now all of a sudden, her running backs are more trustable than her receivers. We were lauding her. Uh, her deep strong wide receiver core and and quarterbacks as well and questioning the running backs and all of a sudden she's got two running backs averaging double digits and the receivers not terribly consistent from week to week i will i will say i think like sudden may come back because bridgewater was out for half the game mm-hmm. right and uh, julio jones is out so once he comes back She'll get her receiving depth back. Okay. Well, if she puts it all together, look out league. Yeah. Moving right, on yeah. to uh, Pete versus Ted. The uh, Pete finally coming through with a 138 with his prize possession, Zach Wilson, beating projections like Six points. Stafford doing what points. he needed to do. Oh, Zach Wilson beating his own projections. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, Ted is in a little bit of a free fall now. He has Patrick Mahomes. He has Stefan Diggs, but he doesn't really have anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... I think I did make the call that Ted's team was a red herring at the top of the standings. Projected standings. At the start mm. of the season. Yeah, we'll have to uh, go back and uh, check the records on that one, but we'll give it to you for now. <laughs> Thoughts on this matchup? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Pete, he continues to score in that 120 to 130 range. It, you know? Uh you got to bring your A game to beat Pete. Uh, interesting about Zach Wilson. I do believe he was still negative going into the second half and really turned things around. Uh, and now he gets Trey Lance uh, to throw in there. Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson is a luxury at this point. He's right. got 30 from Eckler, 29 from McLaurin. As, uh, let's pause there. As a unbiased commentator, Bobby. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who going? We always love to do this. Uh, going back on the trade of Zach Wilson and Trey Lance for Sam Donald and James Connor. And Shell is... not. Don't forget about Shell not. You got him too. Oh yeah, Shell What are your thoughts now about after two weeks? Um, they haven't changed a whole lot. Uh, it's. Sa- it looks like Pete's going to get a little more this year than maybe we originally thought. I, you know, Zach, I knew that Zach Wilson wasn't going to score negative every single week. I think that 19 is around his best performance. He may throw a 28 in there randomly, but I think he's going to sit in that 14 to 18 range. Lance, I don't know. He may be a top 10 quarterback from here on out. Uh, Just based on, running ability, the big arm. Um, if he can limit the turnovers, then he may be Darnold's equal. And if he performs at the same level as Darnold from here on out, then I think you got to say Pete won that trade. I agree. I think, like, I, I believe I got last week's win because of Darnold. 
Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. Because if Darnold performs as he's been performing, maybe a little under, but does like his 20 to 25 points per week, he's a really good keeper. Mm-hmm. He's a better keeper than, say, Wilson or maybe Lions. Well, how about this? From week, what are we at? Week five. From week five on, who will score more fantasy points, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold? Darnold. I'll take Lance. Care to make it a bold bet? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Are you proud of yourself for finally convincing me to take a bet? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we. This episode is going to be chock full of big bets. All right, let's move on to the marquee matchup. Andrew against Danny Hat. Lived up to the hype once again. We have been p- potentially exceptionally good at picking these, or maybe they're just obvious, and uh, <laughs> they haven't disappointed. Uh, so Andrew uh, came in a 127-140 underdog, came out a 145-132 to winner. Came down to Monday night, I believe. Uh, Derek Carr did just enough to stay ahead of Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Had a lot of double-digit performances. Um, kind of on both sides. Danny had more the 20s and the single digits, and Andrew had more just solidly 10. To, I mean, everybody had eight or more, including his kicker, with 10. Uh, it was just it was good. good performance from both teams. Just did not come down to kickers. Good did not come down to kickers, but nine on Danny's side, ten on Andrew's side. This is exciting for team kicker so, flex. Um, interesting thing, like Danny would be obviously annoyed that Jimmy got hurt halfway through the game. Yeah. Uh, so they put up seven points. If he doesn't get hurt, maybe he puts up 20 and uh, Danny just squeaks out ahead. Mm. Yeah, quote-unquote hurt. So, on Andrew's side, again, we've been giving him lots of praise. He'll probably get Christian McCaffrey back this week. So, his team's super strong Uh, in terms of top-level talent. He has pulled out Jamar Chase out of his butt and Dawson Knox out of an even bigger crevice somewhere. Does not have another tight end. So, he's lighting... He's light or die with Dawson Knox. Oh, yeah. And I th- think he'll go far. Travis Kelsey, disappointing for Henley. Like, a lot of disappointment. Cooper Cup, Kelsey. Montgomery may be injured now. So, on Danny's side, he's got a lot of questionable question marks and decisions. Like, who's his uh, OP position now? Yeah. Who's his uh, running back too? So well, we'll find out the answers to those in the week five previews. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, okay. So we did not have any loose change hits, but we did have a couple of close calls uh, from some familiar faces. Tyreek Hill, again, up around the 180 mark for yardage, 186, I believe. Also had three touchdowns, almost a double hit. Um, Debo Samuel had another 150 yards. Derek Henry uh, got pretty close in rushing yards. I think he had 150-something, 157. Uh, And then Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. So uh, nothing this week. So pots get larger. There might be more a jar of change under the couch. And also, just before the week began, we had a couple of trades go by. First, on Thursday afternoon, we had... Corey giving up his boy Heineke, Corey Davis, and Jerry Judy for Mac Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Corey trades away Heineke and then immediately picks up the defense going up against him. So may reveal a little bit of what he actually thinks of Heineke. He, but he did not start Mac Jones against you. No. Nor did he, he actually start, started nor, a position player. 
nor did he start the Atlanta defense against Taylor Heineke. But, you know, his intentions may have been revealed. Uh, no, he went with an OP last week. Uh, you know, another trade discussion. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who he acquired from me earlier in the season, I think he was really going for that spite start. He really wanted to prove that he won that trade. And so he started him against me and uh, was not the right move. As we determined, nothing would have mattered. I beat him uh, by enough points that no one move would have made a difference. But interesting nonetheless. Uh, did, he did pick up Hopkins as well in that trade. I mean, here's the thing. Corey obviously got the biggest name in Hopkins. But uh, Eric got a pretty good little package. Yeah, I if I don't know how long Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is out for. Uh, but if Heineke keeps doing what he's doing, even at least in fantasy, he's a everyday start. Sure, putting up like seventeen plus points. He's most likely a top twenty-four quarterback, which is all you need from him. If Judy comes back from injury and does what he did in the first half of that first game, then that's a nice. Uh, contributing piece as well as possible keeper and Corey Davis, you know, he'll have his up games and his down games. If you can time it right, uh, it might work out for you, you know, on Corey's end, uh, like we said, he got the big name in Deandre Hopkins, got the keeper quarterback potential. Um, We'll see what's going on with Hopkins. He had the two touchdowns week one has slowly been uh, less and less involved as the weeks go on. It's possible that uh, that offense just spreads things around. It's also possible he's not the same player he once was. So I will say that he hasn't actually been involved less. He just hasn't produced. So looking at it, he's had eight targets, four targets, six targets, seven targets. So he definitely had the most targets in week one. But week three and week four, six and seven, not a major difference. Yet, he didn't get a touchdown in either week. And he only got 21 yards in week three and 67 yards in week four. Again, you take away the touchdowns, like Spike. Maybe he wasn't isn't the same player that he was last year. So, who knows? This well, may be... They- as a Hopkins owner, I can tell you that he's used to getting 10 plus targets per week. So at least from one year to the next, maybe not week one to week four, but from one year to the next, the usage is definitely down. So I think I'm actually going to say that Eric won this trade. Slight edge to Eric. Mm-hmm. Again, debatable. Like if Hopkins go, like let's say the Arizona receiving core gets injured. Hopkins is the main guy halfway through the season that could take him to the championship. But Yeah. Well, I think Judy's the key here. I think if Judy can be a top 20 receiver, then Eric wins. Um, if he is just hobbled the rest of the year and Eric doesn't keep him, then it's probably still close. I probably give the edge to Corey in that regard. Um, and I'm actually going to predict that Judy does come back and score a bunch of points. So I'll give the edge to Eric here. Uh, next trade, also Corey, surprise, surprise. He traded away Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, and uh, Cordero Patterson got back Ryan Tannehill uh, from Danny. What are your- Did Corey have some insight into Jimmy G's calf? Oh. Has he been massaging, kissing, caressing Jimmy G's calf? Yeah. So he has, like, first-hand knowledge? Uh, Pun intended. Uh, Obviously, with the injury, uh, I think this is basically a Tannehill for Cordell Patterson trade. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in Cordell? Corley obviously does. Paulie loves his speedy receiver slash running back. Well, Danny is the one that has to believe because Danny's the one that got him. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 
yeah, I mean, from Danny's perspective, I think he was planning on having Garoppolo for at least a couple few more weeks. Because um, otherwise, you know, Cordero for Tannehill doesn't seem like good enough value. I mean, you were on this podcast. I can't remember the last time you were on. But like, you know, two or three weeks ago, you're saying, hey, the league is finally starting to properly value quarterbacks uh, in reference to the Teddy Bridgewater for Mike Evans trade. I didn't, it might have been a couple of the pieces. Does this trade seem like even value for quarterbacks? I mean, I've been a little critical of Tannehill, uh, mostly because of the price that was paid, but he's still a mid-teens. He's a Teddy Bridgewater type. Is Patterson even money for Tannehill? No, but that's off the, like, we're looking at this trade today. This is, as you said, if you're looking at this trade on Friday, then you're going, okay, Jimmy G's there. Lindsay's just a throw-in. Right. Yeah. So Lindsay basically, was immediately dropped, so we don't have to mention him. So, like, yeah. so Garoppolo the drop from Tannehill to Garoppolo is that Cordell Patterson, and I think it is. Okay. Right now, if Cordell Patterson is the person he was this last week, and has been like building up to that for the last two weeks, three weeks, then this becomes like a completely different trade. And Danny may come out in front still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the question here is, is Cordero Patterson more of a Devontae Parker type where, you know, he's had the hype and underperformed for years and finally puts it together for one magical season? Or is he more like, I don't know, Tariq Cohen in that year that, he had a real hot first six weeks and then kind of faded into non-existence or, or even Mike Davis from last year who had the hot start and then kind of cooled off late. Obviously Danny's planning on the Devonte Parker type breakout. Um, but yeah, we'll it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, let's move on to the wave wire that just happened a couple of hours ago. Okay. Big money being spent. Oh yeah. Uh, by one person. <laughs> uh, Eric needed cover for his Joe Mixon, potentially Cliff Carson injury plague. And he spent $41 on Samaje Line, who is the backup to Joe Mixon. Yep. As a former Mixon owner, I'll just say, good luck. <laughs> you don't know when Mixon will be back. You may be lighting some RJP line the whole season. And for those like even Christina, I think Christina did okay when she had the tandem of Mixon and Gio Bernard. Mm-hmm. Like she made it to the she made it to the finals that year. Like she made it to the championship, I believe. And she lost to Corey. Or was it the year before that? Mm, I'm not sure she had Mixon that year. I think I had Mixon that year. Either way. Christina did want Samaje and bid $17, which is the second highest bid. Uh, She did have the second highest player go off, which was Darnell Mooney, who's been around the block a couple of times. And she picked him up for $11. He has been on Pete's team and your team Mm -hmm. and now Christina's team. Uh, third highest was Dalton Schultz, who was bid on by a couple of teams, and yeah. my co-host here got him for $7. Four different people wanted themselves in Dalton Schultz. Why? Why bid seven? When you have... Do you have a tight end that you can start, Boyd? I do. His name's George Kittle. Here's the thing. I could tell that tight end was becoming a bit of a barren wasteland, and I knew that people were going to be bidding on Dalton Schultz. And so I want to make sure to get him uh, so that maybe George Kittle's trade value was a little higher. You know, if I, if I uh, keep fewer tight ends out there available for people, then they got to come to me for some tight ends. Uh, you can have either one, Dalton Schultz or George Kittle. They're both available for the right price. 
Uh, the other key thing was, I think, um, 11 bids on defenses, um, eight distinct player-team combos. Hot. Defenses are hot this year. I don't know if Pete's stat of the week is going to be defense-related, but it certainly should be. A lot of I love that defenses being owned. Only two, play, two teams bid on Alex Collins. So Pete and myself jumped on the news that Carson has a broken neck and will never play again. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. May or may not be true. <laughs> may or may not be true. Uh, maybe the news was that Alex Collins looked much better than Chris Carson on Sunday. I, you know, that is on, also true based on uh, the highlights I saw. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, a thrilling waiver wire it was. And once again, it's Pete with the stat corner heading into week five. New England wide receiver Jacoby Myers has 112 catches and 1,334 yards in his young career, but he's never caught a touchdown. That's by far the longest scoring drought looking back to at least 1990. He has more than double the yards and catches than anyone else in history without a score. Chase Claypool, on the other hand, has only 77 catches in his career, but with nine touchdowns. So you can expect at least nine touchdowns on Sunday for Jacoby Myers against Houston. I'll be back next time for another stat of the week. Okay. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to do a bit of a combo segment between AJ's Rule Corner and uh, the host with the most game. We're going to play out what if this league were a guillotine league uh, for those that are Unaware of what this is, we'll just do a quick refresher. Guillotine essentially means everybody, uh, there's not really any matchups. You just, you score points. Whoever's the lowest point each week gets eliminated. Their team goes back into the waiver pool for the rest of the league to bet on their players. So, you know, low point week one, they're out. Low point week two of the remaining teams, they're out. So on and so forth. So how would that play out? Uh, during this season, and then uh, how would things be different? So, week one, we had our champ score the lowest point for the week. And to give you an idea, she scored like 95.6 points, doesn't matter. But all her players go back into the uh, basically the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. And on her team of note is Devontae Adams, Najee Harris, Chris Godwin, and Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Right now, how much you bid on, say, a Devonte Adams, knowing that one, you only have a hundred dollars for the whole season. Yeah, right. In fact, and two, that you may really need a wide receiver. Will Devonte Adams put you over the top, or will it mean that you just bid 80 bucks on Devonta Adams and now you're out next week or because you can't bid anymore kind of thing. Like you can't replenish the teams as yep. other teams are getting stronger and stronger. I mean, if you're out, then I mean, it doesn't really matter how much you spent. It would have been worth it. Yeah. So, anyway. um, but yeah, no, that's, that's what's interesting. You know, Barrett for, as poorly as her team has performed and she did get her first win. She's had a couple of nice performances individually from players kind of loaded, uh, in a guillotine fashion. I mean, Devonte Adams top, what three receiver Najee and Jonathan Taylor, top 10, top 15 running backs, Chris Godwin, top 10, top 15 receiver. I mean, it would have been a feeding frenzy on the waiver wire week one. Mm-hmm. So you, you were the you were the first team, or you were the the lowest team. Yes. So now all of a sudden we've and got this Alvin Kamara, we've got Saquon Barkley. I mean, obviously you don't know who's going to get eliminated in future weeks, but you got to feel like if Devonte Adams and you know Najee Harris probably would have been the next highest bid. When those guys are out there, you got to go ahead and get the guy if you can. Um, you know, the only probably four game changing players, which means eight teams aren't getting somebody. And so the following week, 
probably a different four teams are going to max out on Camara and Saquon and you know whoever else. Yeah. What uh, what do you think you would have done? Obviously, you would have been out week two, so maybe you're not the best. But like, would you have gone the max for Devonte? I would not have gone the max because I I think I my team just basically shat the bed mm-hmm. <laughs> week two. But 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 you didn't know that week one. You yeah, going to score 150 every week, so. I mean, if you put Devontae on that team, you got to feel like you're probably not losing again. Agree. Uh, Devontae would have been the only person I would have bid on. Okay. Right? Because if I've got Camille and Barkley, I'm not bidding on Najee or Jonathan Taylor. Right? Maybe I put in a bid of like 10 or 15 on Najee or someone like that, right? but not a huge bid. Because I'm like, well, they're not going to be starting over them. Uh, yeah. Now, let's say, like, basically, even if I've gone Devonte and started him over a James, my James Robinson, I still would have got the low score for the week. So I would still have been out. Yeah. And that would be the funny thing. Like, let's say I bid like forty dollars on Devonte, right? And say that's the max bid. Now you've got Devontae back in the pool again. Yeah. And how much would you bid on, say, Alvin Kamara? Yeah, it's a good question. Or Barkley. You know, this is week two in which we didn't really know whether Barkley was going to come back to full health. Yep. Now we feel pretty good. But at that time, you know, which guy do you bid on? Which guy do you bid more on? Does, does Saquon actually go for that much? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep playing this out. So Eric was the next low score in week three. And on that team, you've got, you know, Mixon, probably the biggest name star. Uh, Debo is having a pretty good year. So those are probably the big names getting bid on. Maybe Bridgewater. You, you love Bridgewater. We know that. But then week four comes along. Christine. Well, we shouldn't play it on it any further because I think like no. what's going to happen by week four is you would see the teams be dramatically changed. Because you're getting, like, now you've got 36 players, at least 10 in the top 20, get uh, come back in and be split out, you could say, across the teams. I think what we can say for sure is Samaj Piran's probably not going for $41 in a league like this. (laughs) Probably correct. Probably. Um, We... We could have like a guillotine league as a side league per se, but I don't think we would ever make it a rule in our league. Probably not. Uh, it is a lovely idea, though. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Well, let's move on to the week five previews. And let's start with Eric's team uh, going up against Laura's team. One and three versus two and two. Current projections 138 for Laura, 111 for Eric. Uh, does Eric have a little magic in his hat this week? Maybe. I I don't think so. I think like Law comes in over the top and just keeps chugging along, bounces back from last week, and just wins it. Okay. Score prediction? Um. I think Alec will score a little bit higher, but not too much. And so I'll go with like 120 for Alec, uh, 135 for Laura. Sounds about right. Uh, I will also go Laura. I just, I like her quarterbacks better than Eric's, uh, you know, overperforming quarterbacks, or or maybe they're performing the way they should. Uh, But, you know, Josh Allen going to been going up against KC, like the shootout potential there. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's just, you know, he's all freaky. What are you going to do? Give me Lauren this one. Next up, Christina versus Barrett. Two and two versus one and three. Uh, current projections, one, a very deceiving 118 uh, for Christina and 124 for Barrett. Uh, Christina, 
playing possum once again. Nobody in the flex, nobody in the RB2 slot. RB2 slot presumably to be filled by your boy, Miles Gaskin. And flex spot, probably Henry Ruggs. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. Um, Let's go with that. I'll go ahead and start here. I kind of like Barrett's team to get two wins in the row. I'm going with Christina. Okay. So, are you, who are you picking for Laura versus Alec? I have Laura as well. Go Barrett. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, this is a bit of a rivalry. Uh, Corey and Ted faced off, I think, like six times in the last six weeks last season or something. I don't know, three times in the last four weeks, something like that. Anyway, played each other a lot, had uh, a bit of a back and forth, uh, and they match up this week, Ted with a projected 125 to 120 advantage. Uh, Corey's got Mac Jones back in the OP slot. Newly retooled lineup and uh, Ted's team uh, hoping to turn around this week. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think they continue their slide down, but he somehow pulls off a low scoring win against Corey's, uh, against Corey's team with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady basically scoring 65 points. Yeah, I mean, of all the underperformers on Ted's team, uh, the quarterbacks have not been subject to that. Um, I think I am also going to go Ted this week. Uh, my boy DJ Moore performing uh, like I always hoped he would on my team. Um, but uh, that aside, uh, I like Ted in a nail-biter. This one comes down to the kickers. Here to hear first. All right, next That's up. It. Pistol mm-hmm. Pete against Danny. Uh, Danny getting hit by the injury bug a little bit. Uh, still projected for 136 to 126 point victory. I I disagree with projection. I okay. think that um, it will be an interesting matchup, but Pete will come through. Oh. Uh, he has Trey Lance in the OP slot. He's starting Stafford and Lance instead of Wilson. Ah, uh, well. Zach Wilson might be available. You should go get him. Um, I am also going to go with the upset special here. I like Pete to take down Danny's team. Just a side note. It, you know, we'll uh, maybe discuss this in future pods. Waiver Wire hasn't exactly been flush with talent this year uh and i feel like that's because we've as, as a league have done an especially good job of picking up the backups you know i, I scrambled on the waiver wire damian williams already picked up uh and it's happened numerous times you know backup quarterbacks are getting snatched up backup i have a couple of backup running backs myself you know when you go on to other podcasts which i know uh people listen to with much less frequency as ours, but they'll give you their list of top waiver ads for the week. And only like two or three of those guys are even available in our league. So good job, everybody. Yeah. Round of applause and a pat pat on the back table. Pat on the back. Then uh, penultimately we have Andrew versus Boyd Uh uh, projected to be a 136 advantage to Andrew. Um, yeah, literally, I think literally, that's how it's Andrew's gonna go. Team against Boyd, all I yeah. need to do is start one guy, and his name Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I do you want to make that a bold bet that you only start one guy named Boyd? Uh, I mean, I'm probably only gonna have one guy named Boyd in my starting lineup, yes. But you only start one guy, mm. and that guy's name is Boyd. I will probably not be that bold. So, unfortunately, I will not take that bet. Okay. We are not even going to talk about this matchup because Boyd has disrespected the podcast. <laughs> we cannot comment in it on this. I am, I am trying Boyd something. Boo, Boyd. I know I just won last Boo. Week. I know I just won last Boo. week. I'm one in the three. Boo. Okay, very good. I'm one in three. Boo. Excellent. 
I'm trying. You could to set listen. your line up while we're talking. <laughs> I could, but why don't you just let me go off on my diet track for a second? Okay, Christina Bruce. has had good. <laughs> let me know when you're done. Okay. Christina has tried this a number of times where she keeps people out of her starting lineup, somehow pulls out a win that week. She's been doing it for years and she's made the playoffs four years in a row. So in a hat tip to Christina, I am not fielding a starting lineup until the very last minute. Andrew's going to have no idea who I start. He's going to get himself in a tizzy worrying about it. He's going to start the wrong people and I'm going to pick myself in an upset victory this week. How do you feel about that? Of note, Andrew, probably with the highest projection we've ever seen at 146. I I think he will underscore that projection. Oh, well, that will only help my chances. Okay. To the marquee matchup. Tell us about <laughs> it. We have myself versus Badger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marky, because we are both three and one. Um, I believe we are also two of the highest scoring teams on the year. Um, and yeah, that's why it's Marky. <laughs> How about the fact that it's for first place in the division? Three sure. and one versus three and one. Yes. That right. too. Um, Shall I we believe this, this will be like a tough civilized people. Hmm? Shall we break this down like civilized people? Sure. All right. Sure. Take us through the quarterbacks. Uh, for quarterback, we have uh, Sam Donald and Dak Prescott uh, versus Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. I've already commented on the lack of trust I have in Andrew's quarterbacks. Yeah. You must be taking your own quarterbacks then. Are you not taking your own quarterbacks? <laughs> no faith I was in thinking, your own quarterback. Uh, Interesting. Side note and segue, diatribe, as is common on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about it, and I believe I, when I had that really bad cough that made me have a really bad Jersey accent uh, two weeks ago, when the tips were made and I commented on my quarterbacks and ever since then I've been putting up good scores. (laughs) So maybe I should just do what Boyd does and pick myself every week. Sure. You'd be three and one picking your own matchup. Yeah. So I think we're going to do a change. I will pick, I will talk about my matchups. But basically pick myself every week and pick myself in everything. Oh, wow. This is a breaking news on the podcast. AJ is going to start picking his own matchup, and he's calling his shot. He's going to pick himself every week from here on out. Yeah. You're well, welcome to do a bold bet on that. I would love to, but I know that you are just the kind of guy to do it anyway, just to spite me, despite what you hold dear and true to your heart. So I will not take that back. Have you Uh, never picked yourself? uh, I believe I've picked myself every single time. Okay. There you go. Uh, So, yes, I like my quarterbacks better. All right. I also like your quarterbacks. Running backs. We've got the vaunted Cleveland duo, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. And we'll throw in the flex, Mike Davis. And then on your side, we've got Kamara, Saquon Barkley, James Robinson. Yeah. I definitely like my running backs better. Yeah. It looks very even in terms of scores, but yeah, I like my running backs better. (laughs) How much better do you like your running backs than Badgers running backs? Like, do you think that one of yours will outscore all of hers? No, no, I'm not making that bet. Do you think that? I definitely yours, think that's a possibility. Do you think that two of yours combined, any two, can combine to outscore all three of them? I think that's a much stronger possibility. 
is there a possibility that you have one guy that outscores the Cleveland duo? You were you were critical of her strategy. Yes. To yeah. Have two I... starting running backs from the same backfield. If I gave you any of your three and I took the Cleveland duo, would you would you make that a bold bet? Yes. Excellent. Um, I do like your combined three over her three, uh, but I like that Cleveland duo. Uh, okay. Receivers. Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. And then on your side, we got Jets, Jefferson, Amari Cooper. Do you also like your receivers better than hers? Uh, yes, because I think it's a one versus two. <laughs> like, okay. Um, Who's Cooks, the one? Uh, like... Cooks is doing well, but like last week, he they may have figured out Mills, and now Mills is like cannot throw. I don't know what happened. I was like going against the Bills D last week, and I'm like going Houston do something, and they couldn't do a single thing. Mm-hmm. So on that basis, it's a lot closer than the running backs, but I'll still just give the edge. Especially if Amari comes back. Well, that's the question. Is Amari going to do one of his 30-point games or one of his three-point games? Hopefully three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Badger's receivers here. I like your receivers. I love your receivers. Uh, but I think, I, think, I think you're right. I think Amari is sitting in that kind of four or five range, and Jets is going to be fine. And I like Lockett have a big game Thursday night football. Uh, and Brandon Cooks does just enough uh, to give her the wide receiver edge. Are you going to the game? I am not going to the game. I will be watching uh, from beautiful Normandy Park. In the garage. Probably in the garage, yep. Because I'll probably do the two TV setup. Might have a, uh, a baseball playoff game on one of them. Or I might get crazy and do the live broadcast. And then the NFL.com uh, app broadcast, and then I can have, which is delayed by like five seconds, then I can have instant replay whenever I want it. It's great. Anyway, uh, anybody can come over uh, if you want to come down to Normandy Park. Official invite. German fans, if you'd like to fly in to Seattle for the game and then come watch it in my garage in Normandy Park, you're more than welcome. Tight ends, we have my old flame, Mark Andrews, versus my new flame, Mike Gusecki. Yeah. Is For Mike Gusecki this year's Mark Andrews? Unlikely, but I actually like Gusecki better this week. Because there's no one else Blissett can flow through. Uh, yeah. Will Fuller, out. Uh, Miles Gaskin, sucks. <laughs> it, it's Gusecki or nobody. Yeah. I will say, like, it, it was very scary where he was sitting on zero and Conklin had, like, four points. And I'm going, God damn, I made the long decision. Mm-hmm. And then one drive later, like, he scored all his points on one drive. Yeah. Uh, would it shock you to know that Mark Andrews has zero touchdowns this year? No. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, last Hence year why was that your flame anymore? Because uh, last year was similar. He... He was starting to get very touchdown dependent, and Lamar just wasn't throwing it to him. Here's what's crazy. He has not been touchdown dependent this year and still productive. Eight, 15, and nine the last three weeks. Those are pretty good numbers from a tight end. Now, granted, you would like them to be a little bit better for, you know, for Mark Andrews. Uh, I happen to think that he will score at least one touchdown this week, and I like Badger's tight end. Okay. Defense kicker. We got Ravens for Badger. And actually, interestingly, Rams defense uh, for you. Fresh off a zero-point performance against Arizona. You're going to roll them out there in Seattle Thursday night football. Any thoughts of changing out your defense? Nope. All right. Who knows? Alex Collins, Collins may come in to my starting lineup. For James Robinson. Mm, mm-hmm. Who knows? But 
how do you feel that starting the defense against your running back? Do you feel like it's a hedge, or do you feel like both can do well? I think both could do well because okay. the Seahawks' O line is shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, Donald is going to have a field day like he normally does. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. All right. Uh, kickers, Prater for you uh, and Koo for Badger. A couple of high powered kickers, right? This one, uh, this one could come down to the kickers. Do you think both kickers can go double digits this week? No. Okay. okay. Do, you think, do you think either one goes? Okay, uh, who are you bit. picking? Because we've spent way too much time <laughs> talking about kickers. Uh, okay, well, I actually do like a couple of Badgers groups. Sounds like you like your groups all the way up and down the lineup. Um, I'm going to take you. <laughs> your your team's good. Time. And I, I do like myself some Badger train, but uh, I think it uh, I think it hits a penny on the tracks this week, and uh, I give you the win. Cool. I've always said I'm picking myself. All right. And AJ picks himself for the first time ever. Monumental podcast. You will remember where you were the day you heard AJ pick his own matchup. I also thought about like signing in my picks in. Because I did well over the last two weeks where I wasn't on the podcast. Uh-huh. And I pointed them in. I think you almost went 0-6. <laughs> one mm, week. That doesn't sound right. You went 1-5. But we'll get our statistician on it. Uh, but yeah, so I, I believe I've pulled out a nice little lead there. And I'll get the stats for you next week. Uh, Pickham's update, Corley has pulled out to a like six-pick lead, I believe. Um, or is it just four? Uh, yeah, let me get that pulled up. Um, actually, I do want to mention something about the Pickhams. There's some guy named Bob Hatton who is in second place despite not even picking any games in week two. I don't know who this guy is. He had... Over he had 100 points or better in each of the three weeks that he's actually picked. He is five points back. Uh, thank you, Bob, for not picking in week two. You're keeping us all in it. Uh, yes, eight or uh, Corey with a three point lead, three game lead on Anna, a five point lead on Bob, and then there's three more of us, you, me, and Christina, uh, at six games back. So and in best ball, I believe I took down Brett. I will confirm that in one of the Brett is six and two. I can confirm that. Yeah, Gabe, I took him down. And then Gabe we all took him down. Yeah. Uh, Gabe leading at seven and one, and yours truly at 0 and 8. Not, yeah. not my ear, you might say. <laughs> What, like, do you even know how to play this ball? Are you somehow going in there and saying the wrong line? Uh, you know like... what? Kind of across all of my teams, I just I don't get it. I have great players, and they're not scoring points. Usually when you get great players, they score points, and you do well. And somehow I've got really good players, and they just refuse to score more points than anybody. So, I, you know, that league, you know, you can't make trades, so I, I don't even check it. I have two different basketball teams. I don't even check them on Sundays because there's nothing I can do about it. I'll just, I'll tune in at the end of the season and see how badly I did. Let's uh, close out for the week. Good luck to everyone except for Badger, who I hope loses. Uh... Strong words. AJ is coming out firing. I wish the best of luck to everybody this week, including my opponent, uh, Andrew Lee. Good luck, Andrew. I hope what team, if he wins and I beats hope you? your team performs well. Well, here's the thing. If I can't win, I at least want somebody from my division to win. So, Andrew's got a really good team. I think he's our best shot. You know what I want? I want, like, the two champs from, like, the two pickers of the division from last week the two people in the championship from last year so like to be like one in five that'll be fun that'll be interesting wouldn't you say Boyd 
Most likely, yeah. Barrett and I will only have one win when we face each other in week 10 or 11, whatever it is. And, and then maybe we'll face maybe we'll face off in the loser bowl this year. Wouldn't that be something? Go from 1 and 2 to 11 and 12. One can dream. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thank you much for listening. Bye for now.